What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys injury report. Man, it is lengthier than I would have expected. And specifically, it's not the length specifically. It's that uh, there are three starters in there that did not practice on Wednesday. And that is always far from ideal, especially when there are very important starters. And we can get into that right now. But I will fire up a question for you before we do that. And that question is a truth or false one regarding the injury report and some of the Cowboys' decision-making. I see some of the comments here. Joey Bella says, Mauricio, with that defensive tackle upgrade, do you think we can stop the run yet? We will talk more about that in a few moments here on the show. Sean Meyer says, I, I'm glad that I got Pollard on my fantasy roster. Here's a chance for him to shine. Says Sean, man, TP is a, is a player that I, I, I'm not a fantasy football expert. I will tell you that. I love football. I love uh, analyzing football and all of that. But fantasy is one area that I really do not understand completely yet. Uh, but I would assume that not many people have Tony Pollard in their roster. So respect to Sean. Here's a question. Here's a question. Truth or false, the Dallas Cowboys should rest Elliott if he is not 100%. Because Ezekiel Elliott is among the players that did not practice on Wednesday. Let me know what you guys think. The other two are Malik Hooker, the free safety, who has been... I don't think that he's been underrated anymore. I think that he is the guy that everyone claims is underrated. And as such, he really isn't. Uh, so Malik Cooker also did not practice on Wednesday. And Noah Brown also on the injury report. Uh, I know that Brown is a is a lesser name between the three of this. However, he is still a starter. And the Cowboys went back to the 11 personnel world last Sunday when they faced the Detroit Lions. So that is definitely a player to monitor as well. Let me see your answers here. Uh, should the Cowboys rest? Ezekiel Elliott, if he's not 100%. Uh, if, you, if you guys were wondering, six response to this uh, today to the media was, heck no, why would I rest? That's soft. That's basically what, what the Cowboys starting running back had to say to the media when he was asked about that. Uh, let's see. Joey Bella says that that is true. Uh, Godham Guy says true. Jeff Clarks is true. Lasai Williams goes with true. Six to Midnight says that he wants to see Malik Willis for the Tennessee Titans. Hey, that 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 appears to be a, a very real possibility heading into the weekend. Truth, especially with a bye next week, says Toxic Tom. True for Alex Gomez. Everyone wants to. Everyone wants to rest sick. Oh, I'm I'm surprised. I thought that we would get some false answers in there. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna go with false. I'm going to go with false and not to, you know, go against the chat. Uh, that's not my intention, even though it might seem like it is at this point. Uh, I think that if Zeke can play, even if he's not 
This is a game that you need to play him in. And I know these are the Chicago Bears. The Cowboys are nine-point favorites and all of that. But I don't know what to make of the, of the Chicago Bears. Last night, we had uh, Sean Sierra here on the show, and he was providing a lot of insight on Chicago. And essentially, the question that I was trying to get an answer for was, should we be more worried about the Bears than we think? Because that version of Chicago on Monday night, the one that blew out the New England Patriots out of nowhere, even though they were at one point down 14 to 10, and then they blew up and they scored 33 points on Bill Belichick and the Patriots. What version of these teams should we put more weight in? The one that we had seen for six weeks, one that blew up in So that was essentially my question. And I think that after... You know, watching the game more closely and seeing well, what people had to say about that game and and and, the, and Justin Fields and the Bears, I think that it's been very it's been made very clear that the Bears did things very differently on Monday night. They really opened up the playbook for Justin Fields and they started using Justin Fields like people have always wanted the Bears to use him, and that doesn't mean just throwing Justin Fields out there and letting him run zone reads because the Bears did way more than that. And that is a very important point that we should not ignore. This wasn't Justin Fields running RPOs uh, and taking off. It wasn't reading one player and then just, you know, exploiting the edge and running there. Justin Fields was out there running between the tackles. He was out there with quarterback counters, as Sean Sierra said last night, uh, quarterback leads, a little bit of everything. They were running designed runs for Justin Fields, but it was a wide, wide menu of quarterback runs. So my, my point here is, I don't know if we should take the Bears that lightly. And when you look at the Bears and you realize what their biggest weakness is, it is a rush defense. Now, they won't have Robert Queen, by the way. You got you all guys, uh, you all heard about that. He is now a Philadelphia Eagle. But if the Cowboys want to secure this win, this is a game in which they might bet on just being physical and pounding that rock. Well, I say, unless there is serious risk of re-injury, which doesn't appear to be the case, based on the fact that, you know, it is not an MCL sprain or anything like that. So there might be some re-injury risk. I will just correct what I just said. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. But my point is, you know, the Cowboys might be looking at a best-case scenario here. And if they determine that that risk is not that high, go for it. Even if Ezekiel Elliott is not at 100%. I think this is the kind of game that you don't want to sleep to, to watch, uh, uh, it, watch it slip from your hands. You want to secure this one. And I think that Zeke gives you a very better chance to secure it. You know, the Cowboys have been physical. They unleashed this new look uh, run offense in which they have Tony Pollard line up uh, as a sniffer. They send him in motion. The Cowboys have three tight ends on the field. And this play that you're seeing right now, that's the play action. That was a changeup. I wanted to include it. But I think that this is a game in which you need Zeke to be in there. So I would say that it, as long as there's not a high risk of re-injury, I will say, uh, you know, play him, even if he's not at 100% for sure. Let's see what you guys have to say about this. 
Uh, Armando Lopez says, don't underestimate the Bears. Quarterback Justin Fields is a dual threat, and he needs to be pressured. Samuel Rose says, I can't rock with you on this one, Mo. I, hey, I accept that. I accept that. That's why we love sports. That's why we love sports. Toxic Tom says, man, that seek contract aged like fine milk. Should have taken Ramsey. Man, you know, I don't like the contract. Uh, we've talked about this for sure. Uh, I don't like the contract. I don't think anyone does. But also, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Seek is not a fine running back because he really is. And I think that all of his contract conversation is a little bit exhausting in the sense that we cannot seem to pick a lane. And here's what I mean. We complain about the Cowboys not signing big name free agents or anything like that, because we claim that the cap is not real. The cap is a myth. Cowboys are not signing players because they don't want to. That's a take that I don't disagree with. But also, if we're complaining about, you know, Ezekiel Elliott just because of the contract, that's a cycle that I don't love. And since I am salary cap is a myth team, more or less, because it definitely is not a, a myth. It is just misunderstood, in my opinion. But even for example, I, I always think that the Cowboys are... I always think that the, the NFL teams in general are able to sign the players that they want to sign via uh, cap manipulation. So knowing that, I cannot sit here and just complain about Sig's contract time and time again. You know what I mean? What I mean is... As long as Seek is playing, I'm not going to be complaining about his contract anymore. I'm kind of tired of that conversation, specifically because of that uh, salary cap is a mid-conversation that we like to throw around when the Cowboys don't sign anybody. And now I've thrown a, a, around that statement because I want the Cowboys to be more aggressive on throughout the uh, throughout the offseason and in free agency and all of that. But I think that there's a little bit of hypocrisy there when we complain about them not doing that and then complaining a lot about the running back contract, which isn't to say that we shouldn't. It's just to say that let's appreciate that Zeke is playing good football right now because he really is. I really think so. Uh, Gilbert says they're going to have to put a spy on him. I'm guessing Justin Fields or getting sacked in the backfield, says Gilbert. And talk, speaking about sacks, make sure that you stay until the end of this video, when we talk about that fit that Sean that, that Lawrence Taylor, excuse me, didn't accomplish and that Michael Parsons could. Let's see, 2000 Rams, Marshall Falk, six to midnight uh, in response to Toxic Tom asking who was the last team who won a Super Bowl with a high paid running back. And see, I, I can see why you're asking that, Toxic Tom. That is not the reason, though, that the Cowboys are not. Uh, have not won a Super Bowl. And you know it. And you know it deep down. <laughs> Mo, uh, Mo Dallas needs to learn from past mistakes. We need seek, uh, we need seek, sit him. Let's see if Pollard can be a full-time back. Tony Pollard needs to be a starter and use seek as a backup, says Armando Lopez. I'm good with how the Cowboys are using their running backs. That's one thing that I will give props to the coaching staff. I think that they've found the right balance right now. But anyways, let's move on. Let's move on because that's the injury report. Uh, let's keep an eye out on what happens with Malik Hooker, who is also super important to this defense, and then Noel Brown, who 
even though he is not a big name, he is important because he is a starting wide receiver. And Dallas wants to use more 11 personnel, as we saw last weekend. Anyways, let's move on here and talk about three new phases on the Dallas Cowboys. Because when you think about it, Damon Clark is also a new face. We have not seen him play any football in the NFL. Round of applause for this front office as well here, man. We like to criticize them a lot, and that's fair. I, I do that too. But I'm going to tell you, I never thought that Damon Clark was going to be able to play football in 2022. And not only that, but he's about to do so in week eight. We're not even past the bye week yet. And it seems like Clark is ready to go. The Cowboys have activated him. He was a full participant in practice today. And Clark might take a while before competing to play uh, on the defense. But he will be a part of special teams for sure. And I think that everyone remembers that Clark likely would have been a day two draft pick if it wasn't for the next surgery that he had to go through after the combine. He's an athletic linebacker. He has the speed that Dan Queen wants in his defense. And even the versatility too. I don't think that we'll see him take on a huge role on defense unless there is an unless there is an injury to one of the starters. Because keep in mind, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jabril Cox excuse me, Leighton Van Der Esch and Anthony Barr have kept Jabril Cox from taking up a role on defense. They're the two biggest reasons why you have not seen Jabril Cox on Sundays. Because the Cowboys like what they have seen from Leighton Van Der Esch and Anthony Barr. So I don't think that we see a lot of Damon Clark out there on defense, but it will be exciting to see him on the field whenever he gets in it. Two more names, and these are really new names. The Cowboys traded for Jonathan Hankins last, uh, well, on, on Tuesday. We didn't get to talk about that one because we had a guest on last night, and we were learning about the Chicago Bears. But Jonathan Hankins is a space eater, two-gap defender. So you want to get better versus the run, a area in which the Cowboys have struggled significantly. That's the one area in which they need to improve. I think a guy like Jonathan Hankins always helps. And we've talked about the Cowboys not having an additional nose tackle other than Quinton Vohana, who has played very good football this year. Jonathan Hankins provides more depth. He provides another option for Dallas at such an important position. And just see him play for the Raiders over the last couple of years. And you can see that he still has it. He still is a, even though this is his 10th season in the NFL, he can still bring it. He will not be a premium pass rusher or anything like that, but he can take on blocks. And he can occupy offensive linemen, which will result in cleaner reads for linebackers, better results for a Cowboys defense that loves to run stunts. And maybe in order to run stunts, you want faster, more agile defensive linemen on the field. But if a guy can take on 
two blocks. You can see more stunts like the one that the Cowboys used versus the Detroit Lions in that Jordan Lewis interception that we talked about in which you see down to Fowler uh, just jumping two gaps entirely in order to get to the quarterback and Oza hitting up the blocks from the guard and the center. Uh, we could see a lot more of that, right? Uh, it just gives you more options is what I, I'm trying to say. But Jonathan Hankins primarily, think of him as a run defender because that's what he is. He can hit space. He can hit gaps. And last but not least, Kendall Sheffield, signed by the Cowboys as well, as much needed cornerback depth. He's a guy that Dan Queen knows pretty well. He coached him when he was with the Falcons. Not only that, though, but after Jordan Lewis's injury, we talked about how we shouldn't overlook that one because Jordan Lewis was pretty important for this Cowboys defense. And I think that everyone that's saying that Dallas will have an upgrade in Darren Bland is kind of disrespecting Jordan Lewis a little bit because, hey, Darren Bland might be who we want him to be, but he's still a fifth-round draft pick, and there is some risk involved there. Meanwhile, you had a guy that even though didn't have this elite shutdown corner label on him, he was able to start in the NFL at a decent level. And that in itself is hard to do. It is hard to find. I think that one of the smartest thing, things that you can do as a football fan is, and someone who follows football closely is accept the fact that not everyone is an elite player and that your team needs average players. And even if Jordan Lewis was average, which is arguably uh, arguable, I would say that he's a little bit more than average it's difficult to replace those guys. So at the very least, Sheffield provides depth. But I also think that he it, he provides some competition, some healthy competition for Jordan Lewis's spot. And Deron Blant is going to fight off the veteran. I think that's Blant's job until he loses it, though, based on what we have heard. But I like the fact that the Cowboys brought somebody in. So three new faces. Who are you the most? Uh, who are you most excited to see with the Cowboys? Let me know in the chat. Which new player are you most looking forward to seeing play? The three of them might be active, honestly, on game day. Six to midnight says, uh, Damon Clark. I have high hopes. Just looking at film at LSU, I can't lie. I'm pretty excited. He's an exciting player, man. He moves around. He flies around. That's what you want to see. Let's see more of your comments here. Hankins for Lamont. Uh, Mando Luna says Hankins. Six to Midnight says Hankins, I suppose. Peter Rizzo as well. I like the overwhelming answer so far. Thought that we, I was going to see more Damon Clark comments. And although I agree in the excitement surrounding Clark, Brooklyn Jones's Clark, for example, I think that my answer would also be Hankins, just based on the fact that I think that we're going to see him play a little bit more. Toxic Tom says, Clark, I want to see if all the hype is legit. Armando Lopez says, Hankins. Six to Midnight says, oh, I didn't know that Clark was an option. Yes, Clark. Yeah, he is, because even though he's not exactly a new face, he is a new face to the active roster. So I included him in this conversation. 
Joey Bellas is Clark. Man, I will be very excited if Clark does find his way into the defensive rotation uh, early on. Because he might at some point. And then just being real, one of the linebackers could go down at any moment. That's the way the NFL goes. So the fact that you have better depth now is also super important on that front. Tommy915 says Clark for sure. Yeah. Sheffield Sheffield gets no respect. And, <laughs> and I think that that's fair because I don't think that anyone would answer Sheffield because if, if everything goes to plan, we're not going to see Sheffield play because that would mean that Darren Blant is manning the slot position quite well. Speaking of new faces, uh, there's a new face in the division. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn will play with the Philadelphia Eagles. And although that is good news in the in the near term because the Cowboys are playing the Bears, and that means that the Bears won't have Quinn on Sunday, it also sucks for the long run because the Eagles got better. And I know, I know, you will hear a lot over the next few days. You will hear that the Eagles do not have, uh, that Queen has only one sack this season and that he isn't the same. And you will hear more of the same and more of the same. However, the Eagles are adding depth. Whereas when he was in Chicago, he was more than depth. He was more important than that. That means that when he gets to Philly, Queen will play less. He will be fresher when he gets on the field. And he will be playing in a system and a defensive front that is more similar to the one that he played in when he was new in Chicago under Big Fangio than whatever the, the Bears are doing now. And I think that we will see a better version of, of Robert Quinn with the Philadelphia Eagles. Sixty Knight says, "I said that exact statement, Mo. Haha. <laughs> uh, what? Which one, though? The <laughs> I don't know if Sixty Knight. I don't know if you mean the one on him having one sack or the one on him being in a better situation now and him getting better. Because yeah, I agree with that. Queen Trash to Sam Monroe." I think that he will play well for the Eagles. I think that was a pretty, pretty good deal between the two teams. Plus, the Bears also eat some of the of the contract for Robert Quinn, which is what led to the Bears getting a fourth-round pick in return. Tommy915 says, heard the Cowboys were looking into Jerry Judy Mo. Thoughts on that? I didn't, I, I didn't see that, honestly. Uh, I might have missed it, not going to lie. At least not from, you know, credible reporters. Because I know that when, when, when it's straight deadline, there's a lot of whispers out there and a lot of noise out there. Uh, usually I just stick to, to actual reporters. I didn't see if one of them had something on Jerry Judy. I would love Jerry Judy, but here's what I have seen on Judy. And this is from Benjamin Albright, who is one of the best NFL reporters out there, even if he's one of the most hated on uh, reporters. But one of his tweets was, Jerry Judy's price has kept teams away. So do the math, I guess. And, and let me know what you guys think about the Cowboys looking into Jerry Judy. Doesn't seem like the kind of deal that would happen, does it? 
I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, Toxic Tom says, Eagles front office wants to win more than ours. Sad truth, says uh, Toxic Tom. You got to give it to Howie and the Eagles, man. They're they're going all in. You got to love it. Uh, like, not if you're a Cowboys fan, of course, but you got to respect it at the very least. Toxic Tom, if Queen was traded to Dallas, you'd be making... <laughs> there you go, Tom, and I want five. Yeah, one sack and not the same as before. It's so a six to midnight regarding Quinn. I think that he will fall into a, a very good situation for him. And I think that was a good deal for the Eagles and the Bears, honestly. I don't know if you guys saw Roquan Smith breaking down in tears in the middle of a press conference after hearing Quinn was traded. That was random. I didn't know that they had such a good relationship. I'm not going to hate on Roquan Smith for doing that. Uh, a lot of people have. I'm not going to do it. It's okay to have feelings, man. <laughs> Especially when it comes to friendship and all of that. Anyway, so yeah, the Eagles did that. That means, though, that a, an already thin defensive front for the Bears, though, is thinner now. And Dak Prescott is going to have time in the pocket, I think. And then on top of that, the Bears don't blitz. They're the team that blitzes the least in the entire NFL. So Dak might be in for a comfortable afternoon in the pocket, even though the Cowboys might want to bet in the running game for this one. But anyways, moving on, it is Wednesday, and you know what we do on Wednesday nights here in ADZ Sports Dallas primetime. We get into the Cowboys stat of the week brought to you by Freeman Mazda. So let's get to it. Here we go. The Freeman Mazda stat of the week. And we'll actually have to go with one on the offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. Not only did I not expect our week eight stat of the week to be an offensive line stat, I didn't expect it to be a Connor McGovern stat. I got to give him some love because, listen, you guys know that I'm not the biggest fan. I have been very critical of him since last year, but McGovern. Last weekend versus the Lions in 28 pass pro snaps allowed zero pressures. So you got to give him some love here. Uh, Connor McGovern bidding out essentially Jason Peters for the job. Finding off Matt Farniak, kind of. Connor McGovern just holding his own at left guard. Respect to him. 28 pass pro snaps versus the Detroit Lions. Last Sunday, zero pressures. Respect there. The Cowboys have exceeded expectations across the offensive line. And you got to admit that Connor McGovern playing a little bit better than we thought, maybe, is a part of it. At least it was last weekend. My question from me to you guys is, has McGovern not met met? or exceeded expectations, let me know in the chat what you guys think about that one. And while you do that, and before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda CX-50 Carbon Edition. And this one starts at $41,730. It's got all-wheel drive, sunroof, a Wi-Fi hotspot, 
adaptive cruise control and a hands-free lift gate, which is a game changer. It's mile per gallon capacity is 23 in the city. That goes up to 29 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you get out freemanmazda.net. Check out the 2023 Mazda CX-50 over at their website. You can check out some financing options in there as well. Pretty friendly interface, so make sure that you guys check that out once more. That is freemanmazda.net. Let's see some of your answers here. Has Connor McGovern not met, met, or exceeded expectations? Six to Midnight says met. Steven White also with met. Toxic Tom. Toxic Tom would exceed it. That's not an on-brand comment, though, Toxic. Uh, he's this hashtag bias PSU fan. So even... Even when you go against the brand toxic, <laughs> even when you do that, you have to admit to the bias. I respect. That's on brand. That's on brand for our guy there. Uh, Bruce is mad. Gilbert says, not only did he exceed expectations, he over-exceeded them. Uh, Samuel says, McGovern goaded. <laughs> uh, indeed, I need to see it a few more weeks before I say Matt says Parsons uh, digs defense 7 I respect that. Six to Midnight says he, six, he succeeded as far as I didn't expect him to start. There you go, Six to Midnight. I will go with Matt. Uh, I, I am going to riot the fence on this one, but I will say that I was leaning towards not Matt because I think that uh, when you look at the numbers, the Cowboys' offensive lines issues have come at left guard primarily. So there you go. Joey Bella says, who is Connor McGovern? <laughs> there you go. I'm going to go with Matt. I'm going to go with Matt for this one, even though I uh, had some doubts about going with no Matt, not Matt. Before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about one thing. Speaking of stats, that Micah Parsons might be able to achieve that not even Lawrence Taylor did in his time. I don't know if you guys followed this storyline or not, but Michael Parsons was credited for one sack in the game versus the Detroit Lions. That would be the final strip sack versus Jared Goff, the one that gave Dak Prescott the football for him to kneel down twice and end the game. But the thing is, Parsons had already sacked Jared Goff, but the NFL didn't credit him with the sack. They gave him to Dorrance Armstrong. And all of the respect goes to number 92. But he didn't even touch the Lions quarterback. That was a Micah Parsons sack all day long. People noticed it. And the NFL does make stat corrections. And so they did. On Wednesday, they officially credited Micah Parsons with two sacks for the Lions game. And that means that Micah is at eight total. And that would put him in a position in which he has had four games now with two sacks or more. That's four multi-sack games in seven weeks if you are keeping track at home. What, did, what does that mean additionally? No NFL player ever since sacks have become official, which happened in 1982, as a result of Lawrence Taylor just blowing up if Micah gets two sacks on Sunday, he would be the first player ever in the sack era to record five multi-sack games in the first eight games of the season. And he might do it too. 
He might do it too because Justin Fields takes the longest in the NFL to throw the football and he has the highest rate of pressures turned into sacks. So watch out because that is a moment that we need to be in the lookout for on Sunday. If Micah gets two sacks, he will stand alone in NFL history on that sense. It would also put him at 10 sacks for the season, which is an insane number itself after eight weeks. Micah has a legit shot at the NFL record. Right now, he's in on pace for 19.4 sacks. The record is 22 and a half. Watt and Strahan share that number, by the way. So let's be on the lookout for that one on Sunday. That's one thing that you know that Micah knows about. And knowing how Parsons, how Parsons acts, you know that he cares too. You know that he will be looking for it. So there you go. There you go. That's something that we need to, to check out uh, on Sunday for sure. 7-Eleven says, I asked the question in this chat, uh, will MP have five or more multi-sack games? That happened in week one, 7-Eleven. Well, there you go. You have your answer because that's that's a lock. And I think that a huge part of it has been the fact that Micah is not a linebacker anymore. Micah is a defensive end that drops back into coverage. A la Lawrence Taylor because that, that's what Lawrence Taylor was, honestly. Uh, uh, only that it was the other way around. He was a linebacker and he acted as a defensive end most of the time. Micah is now second in the league in sacks, now with eight behind Matt Judon, 8.5. That is right. And before he was credited with the eighth one, he was one spot. He was tied with Nick Bosa. There you go. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for me tonight. Hope that you guys enjoyed it. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you for your patience on me figuring out the problem with the audio video sync that popped up uh, last week. Finally got rid of it. I don't know what happened there. I'm excited that it's gone. Thank you guys for tuning into the show tonight. Do me a favor, hit that thumbs up. That like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And I love sharing it with you. Let's share it with more people as well. Prime time, as always, brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Check out the ride of the week on their website. It is a good one too, Carbon Edition. Check out the pictures at least. You will, you will love it. Some of your comments here. Sean says the reason why this isn't working is because Ezekiel Elliott is our fullback and we're playing him as a running back. Oh, that's that's a slight exaggeration though. Stephen White says thank you, Mo. Oh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. I will see you tomorrow night. Because tomorrow night will be season. Uh, it will be previous season. Betting the Cowboys segment, game prediction, matchups, all of that. So make sure you tune in. Thank you, everyone, for, for joining the show. Muchas gracias. Hasta luego. Adios.